Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of Four Center is 
The Clone Wars Report. (laughs) That is the news if the news had music by Metallica to introduce you to the news. I think the same chords as the Back to the Future theme. I think I just stumbled (laughs) onto that, but yes. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Uh, Maybe somebody messes with the timeline at some point and Metallica actually does the score to Back to the Future. That would be weird and twisty. I mean, yeah. uh, we always have some fun with a little bit of a news announcement. Uh, if you're just listening to the Clone Wars Report for the first time, that's what that is about. Uh, Ken provides the music. Anyway, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is... Ken Napsuck. And we are here to talk all about the Clone Wars. We are doing our chronological watch-through, and we are on... Uh, this episode is called Rookies. It is Season 1, Episode 5. And the basic summary is that uh, we have some clones that, if you're watching in chronological order, not the actual broadcast order, uh, we have already met. They are stationed on a remote outpost of the, on a Rishi moon, and they are there as one of the deterrents to watch for any possible invasion of Camino. And what do you know? What happens? There is a possible invasion of Camino, and these young uh, titular rookies. These young clones we met previously, uh, or on their first assignment, have to team up with the more experienced clones of Cody and Rex and try to stop invasion. 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 Uh, that deserves some music by Metallica as well. <laughs> invasion. Uh, so that's a basic summary of the episode. And the moral of the episode is the best confidence builder is experience. Ken, is that true? Uh, it's a hundred percent and we'll dig into what I think that really means uh, a little, a little bit later when we dig into the big theme. But yeah, I, I, I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a school of hard knock street smart guy. You know, you know that, <laughs> you know, that old dad joke, where'd you go to college? I life went to life school like that. on the streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, when you see that, I really like looking at these morals from this perspective is because we can look at them as a guide to what are the themes of the actual episode. We can sometimes just sort of glaze over them because they can sound uh, generic if you don't spend some time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, you can even disagree with them and go, I don't think that's a good, <laughs> a good life lesson. Uh, but for you, uh, I know you believe it in general philosophy, yeah. but is there like a life experience moment where you felt like, hey, I, I would have normally been nervous or unsettled in this moment, but I've lived this moment before. I have the experience and that is what is giving me confidence. Uh, yeah, I, I could break it down into simply, you know, my time in the kitchen right now. I'm learning to to be a cook in my own house and, and doing a pretty good job of it. And that comes out of, I, I, I was a, wanted to for years. I mean, we're talking back when I was a kid, I used to pretend to host a cooking show to an imaginary <laughs> camera. If five, six or seven was making my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to, uh, at the time of this recording night, last night I did my first Twitch cooking stream, you know, and, nice. and to get to that point comes from just like getting in there and knowing that you can fail and knowing that what you tried and you didn't uh, on a bigger theme, some, uh, mental, uh, mental uh, health, uh, welfare kind of situations, uh, you know, someone who suffers from depression. I mean, come on, who doesn't, right? But now someone who had some really dark times and some close calls and, and spent some time in therapy, therapy, for me, it's something that's still there, 
but something I know I have the experience to know that, Hey, I, I can, I got through it and I can continue to choose to try to get through it. You know, I think it's an ongoing battle to be clear. It's a, it's a bigger, deeper, nuanced conversation, but to take it to that level too, where some of the experiences aren't what I would have wanted in life, but I got through them and I now see, you know, how they built me, built me up a little bit. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense to be in a moment that you know is challenging and is not mm-hmm. fun to have to make it through. But having had that experience that you've made it through before and kind of know know that you're going to, is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just knowing, yeah, I don't know. It's the, you know, what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger vibe. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to maybe frame it. But that, that's why, you know, it will, it just that word experience can sometimes be, I don't know, like you want that to be just super positive stuff. Like I, I cooked that uh, tofu t- teriyaki bowl last night. That was a great experience <laughs> versus I had my heart broken and I wanted to kill yeah. myself and I got through it. And that was an experience too. It's the same word. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have uh, definitely had my heart broken, but I have never made uh, tofu teriyaki. <laughs> so uh, I don't have your full experiences. So. <laughs> uh, but that's great. I'm so happy to hear that you're doing the cooking show. Mm. And I love imagining uh, young Ken Napsack uh, doing a <laughs> peanut butter and jelly cooking show uh, because that seems like something that should be on TikTok. Like, <laughs> hey, here's my cooking show. It's it's really only going to take 30 seconds. It's yeah. peanut butter and jelly. It's so funny where life takes you where exactly you kind of wanted to go from the start. <laughs> you know, when I'm I'm in my yeah. in my room at 12 talking about Star Wars baseball and fantasy things uh, into a boombox. And here I am doing it with you now uh, professionally. And then, uh, yeah, the cookie show. I used to sit there and talk. All right, then you take the uh, jelly and you spread it. Evenly. No one was <laughs> in the room. Yeah, no one was in the room. No one was in the kitchen. Yeah. And there were no cameras. So anyways, <laughs> life, the force, the force works in mysterious ways. The force. Yes, yes, absolutely. The force takes us to where we need to be. I used to talk to my teddy bear about Star Wars. Uh, and you, Ken, are a much better talking partner. Chocolate did his best, I, I, but yeah, it's much better to talk with you about it. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you for taking the time to dig in a little bit more yeah. on that. Because this one really just hit me on a visceral level. I mean, I think sometimes... Mm. I engage with these morals uh, on a more like intellectual level of having really fun breaking down the big themes of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this one spoke to me because it's an experience that I have a lot where uh, I sometimes beat myself up for having done a lot of different things in life, a lot of different kinds of uh, performances or, you know, doing visual art and playing the drums and then kind of changing the kind of performance I do a million times. Uh, and then I have these experiences where I've got to do something and on its face, it's a new experience. Uh, like yeah. the first time I did a pitch for a show that I wrote to, uh, that, I, that I was trying to sell. And, you know, and I get all this advice of like, well, a pitch is like this, a pitch is like that. Don't do it mm. this way. Don't screw it up. This this is the way you know, like, and you can see it in your mind. And I kind of did is, oh, it's a, it's a pitch. It's a yeah. scary new thing. Hmm. And then when I sat down to prepare for it, it's like, it's storytelling. It's yeah. comedy. It's talking to someone and trying to get your idea across, but being ready to hear their ideas and pivot with it. Like, oh, that's called podcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and having that sudden rush of not even, not cockiness, but mm. confidence that this is still a new thing. This is still a challenge. I still have to bring, you know, my absolute best to bear, but I have experience and all of these instincts kick in in this thing that is new and is scary 
is not is not as scary as you thought because you have these experiences that you take for granted. Mm. Yeah. And it's, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people have those experiences from like different parts of their life that can, they can bring to bear on, you know, other parts of their life. Yeah. But we don't always think of it that way. We think of it as a new scary thing. Yeah. And then moving forward has a sense of, uh, it's really well-earned and, and at times it'll be bittersweet or painful. I think even this episode, we'll discuss that, but even what you're talking about, I'm just like, there you go. I got there. I did it. Yeah, yeah. I had the experience that I needed uh, to be confident and do my best. Mm. Uh, and with that, let's dive into the actual episode. Uh, what was your overall reaction? Did you love it, like it, uh, struggle with it? No, I, I do love it. This is one of the ones I would I would, rem- um, would remember even in those times where we weren't talking about Star Wars on a podcast. <laughs> or I didn't have a YouTube show to swing by with 49 Funko Pops to talk about Star Wars. This is one of the ones I'd be like, oh yeah, I like that episode. Even though I didn't... Couldn't remember was fives and echo and heavy and all that kind of stuff, uh, and 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 cut up. Who I definitely want to talk about, poor guy. Um, so yeah, and watching it and watching it uh, again, the reward of chronological. I I, I keep, every week I'm like I'm not going to mention that. I'm not going to mention that. No, <laughs> it, it was. It's I could. This is one of the best, just clear cut examples of seeing why George would have said in any way, shape, or form. As has been, Filoni's talked about everything. I've just gone, hey, these characters, we, we should go back and learn about them. Uh, the 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 prequel to Rookies, Clone Cadets. Like I really felt it, it really was a great example of of how valuable that was, and how I I will not make fun of the the chronological order anymore, like I used to. Of like, ah, what a crazy Cartoon Network, and like, no, nah, no, nah, what doesn't matter to me now. It just, this is has great value, and I think it enriched my experience in this episode again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Cause I think you touched on a couple different ideas. One that it's really interesting to think of instead of just go like, well, what kind of a mess is this to go? Well, why did Lucas or Filoni or whoever all uh, involved, most likely Lucas decided to go back and fill in some of these beats? Why did, why did they do it? It's interesting to think of it from that perspective of, Ooh, we want to flesh out these characters or this idea even more. Right. Um, but then it's also, Interesting to say, well, at a certain point, we can just let it go because this is the text. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 if you watch it in the order, uh, the chronological order, it's the text. And you can just enjoy it from the perspective of mm-hmm. we got to know these clones already. We knew which challenges they were facing. Now we get to see them uh, one more step along their path of growth. And this is the definitely the second step. Mm-hmm. And that other episode is definitely the first step, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one of the other reasons that I like this episode myself and why it has uh, similarly stuck with me in my imagination where uh, other episodes of Clone Wars, like I absolutely love them and I think about them all the time or other ones. I'm like, oh, yeah, didn't that happen in that episode? This one sticks in my mind, I think, because it's such a small, uh, intimate little story Mm -hmm. with very few characters. I love that it's a small scale story with just these huge stakes of like it feels like, well, it's these, you know, handful of clones on this uh, far-flung moon. Kind of, We're kind of getting to see their day-to-day of kind of living through the war and serving, but it has these huge stakes of, uh, but Camino could be destroyed, yeah. and all of their clone brothers could be murdered, and the war could be over. This, to me, is if you were to go into the Lord of the Rings world and say, we're going to do an entire episode maybe that amazon series coming out we're gonna do an entire episode of the two guys sitting up at the uh, beacons of gondor huts 
<laughs> you know, uh, 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 if those if those two guys aren't paying attention, they don't see the flame, or they're attacked by some orcs, and they don't take their job seriously. Uh, the beacons aren't lit, right? And and Rohan falls, and Gondor falls. So I I love what you're saying because I I thought of that a couple times. I think it's the, the part of the lesson of the episode we'll discuss in a second. But yeah, it's it's George going this big giant war. Let's break it down and have fun if you can and, and telling a war story uh, of the individual characters and moments that make the the, the big uh, the big fabric of this uh, story yeah no exactly uh one of the other things i like just kind of paying attention to how the clone wars uh, animated series grows and evolves it, these first handful of episodes uh you know we start with a yoda standalone episode in terms of the main being a main character with some massage uh then we kind of get this Big sprawling adventure with uh, Plo Koon, but also like your, your standards. You got Obi-Wan, you got Anakin, you, you got uh, Ahsoka, uh, all sorts of, you know, main characters, Grievous. And then there's something about this one that it's absolutely starring the clones, but it's almost making a point of the Jedi being the, on the periphery. Like, mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. that they're not there. Mm. They are there in the episode going... What's going on? What should we do? Is there a problem? <laughs> and there's something powerful about that, even more powerful than I think later episodes will you just be standalone. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter where Obi-Wan or Anakin is, uh, but that this episode, the clones are on their own. And it's got that great tension of like, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, you are just watching screens. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So why aren't you doing anything? And it, it reinforces that the clones have to be, uh, that they're not just the backup of the Jedi. Mm-hmm that they uh, are the story narratively and in the story of the war, sometimes they absolutely must stand alone while uh, the Jedi are figuring out what the hell's going on. Yeah. This will pop up again when we get to things we questioned Uh, looking at my notes, but I'm glad you're, you're (laughs) discussing it in terms of themes and the value of, and to me, the value of watching anything, but particularly star Wars of seeing what's there for you to watch and what's there for you to, to learn from. And uh, I have, uh, I think there's great value in this episode, things to learn. And then there's things to watch and go, oh, come on, Obi-Wan. <laughs> so, but it, we'll talk more Excellent. about that later oh, from I'm our a- point. And so you and I are, are, are in sync here again on, on how we reacted to it. Excellent. I'm, I'm so excited to, to dig in to the things you disliked or questioned. But for <laughs> now, let's talk about the big themes. Um, obviously, uh, experience is right there in the title. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that, that that connected for you. What ideas were at stake in this episode? Was it experience, the big thing that, mm-hmm. that spoke to you? Uh, here's, here's what I wrote down of, of, of a collection of themes. Um, not being afraid to learn. And this um, mm. goes to the idea of experience and what experience... Uh, experience is not always uh, kind of tying to what I said up top, but experience is not always what you want it to be. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So not being afraid to learn from that. There's a, there is an angle of, and I totally understand. I, I always seem to bring up some teaching or coaching angles. I know that I have a lot of experiences in that I don't necessarily know why it's just maybe where my instincts go sometimes, but not being afraid to teach. There's definitely an angle of Cody and Rex dealing with the shinies, um, mm-hmm. which is a very realistic thing. They're, they are learning. They are inexperienced. And I think it's important for the inexperienced people out there in the world to realize they're inexperienced. Uh, that there's yeah. some power in that too. Again, going to the not being afraid to learn. Um, we've all been 21 uh, and going, I got all the answers. Now you can just broadcast that on TikTok. I'm sorry, I'm stopping. Um, but <laughs> but but giving credit to Rex and Cody for not con- not constantly just com- having the 
I'll learn you something good. Just needing to, they're forced to work with them. They're forced to teach them and forced to grow with their students. And, and that's valuable too. Uh, and then the final one, and we can dive into stuff, but um, you're, you're important even when you feel you're not. And going to what mm-hmm. you just said, the, the clones could have undercut their value. In fact, you could argue at the beginning of the episode, they are undercutting their value. They're not understanding their full value. And maybe they don't understand that experience is happening even when you're not feeling it's happening. And so they could have undercut that value. And that would have, as you said, it would have affected the fate of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think those are great themes. Um, I really like that. The uh, opening uh, newsreel, beautiful shouting by Tom Kane, which I yeah. absolutely love and, sure. and love focusing on because there's the way the episodes are framed. It's not just exposition to set up the action. It tells you so much. And, and this one had a reminder that the Jedi are spread really thin. They can't be everywhere. Uh, so it's not like the Jedi are doing all the important jobs is what that uh, tells me. But then it, it, to your point, it really says uh, because the war is advancing so quickly, clones are being put out in the field before they're as thoroughly trained as had been mm. planned. Right. And that one that speaks to me again of like there's so much stuff in these early seasons about like, Look at all the ways the Jedi and the Republic had to compromise immediately, right. you know, partnering with crime lords, blah, 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 on and on. Um, but it also, to, to your point, this isn't a story about the rookie clones being cocky because they're dumb and young. It starts from the perspective of by the institutions they are part of, they were not properly prepared and we had to throw them out there before they had the experience we would like them to have, which just to me puts you in this uh, perspective of having empathy for them. And like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, humans, they're flawed. They might be making mistakes, but it's also like already the institution has let them down. And that informs, I think the way Rex and Cody are, are, they have to learn them, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but they're also kind and encouraging because they know what it is to be a shiny. And they know that these shinies have it even worse because they were thrown out before they were fully trained. Mm, right yeah Yeah, that's a good reminder even for me in other other areas of life too um yeah i won't give it i won't go into specifics because we'll upset people (laughs) in in my (laughs) in my circle and industry Uh, come to force center for the deep thoughts on star wars stay for the slightly mysterious statements we both make sometimes (laughs) sorry sometimes uh you know we do we do this podcast as a show a form of entertainment and 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 and, and analysis but there's those very real moments where you know you learn about yourself during these shows and episodes and movies and so yeah that's uh you just said something that made me go oh yeah i do that i do that i gotta stop that (laughs) <laughs> uh, don't be too hard on yourself I, I think I think uh, so what, what I'm I was so interested in that that idea of how how we treat inexperienced people as mm. mentors what was the second theme that you had mentioned not being not not being afraid to teach uh, mm. not being afraid to I mean it goes kind of goes with what you said of just of I love that you pointed out that there there is a inexperience an extra layer of inexperience in, in this, these clones um, that we love so much because we saw clone cadets, right? You know, we saw what they mm-hmm. went through to get to this point. It's like, yeah, you fought so hard to graduate. You know, uh, 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 Shakti gives you the rah-rah-rah, go out and conquer the galaxy for the Republic, uh, defend the defend the Republic speech, and then you're here at this way station. <laughs> Isn't that, and, and a lot of that's not their fault. And 
things have changed, circumstances have changed, and even in a short amount of time, because, you know, Rex and Cody, it's not like this is, uh, oh, I remember 20 years ago when I graduated from Camino. Like, their experience, you know, it, it's they're just slightly ahead of them on the scale. But but in this war, that is the equivalent of years. Um, but just yeah. means, yeah, sorry, to, be, to, to, to acknowledge that, like, it, it's not that you're inexperienced, you have some things going on that you can't stop, so I'm not going to hold that against you. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I was just going to throw in there that I love that uh, Sarge, something has happened in Sarge's life that he's already gone gray, unless that's a fashion choice. And <laughs> yes. he's he's dyeing his hair. But like, those have been a rough, you know, few months, a year, whatever it is yeah. into the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're already gray. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Uh, some of the themes, uh, absolutely the big themes of experience, uh, I, I think, are, are, you know, the spine of this episode. But some details within that that really resonated to me is kind of this theme of identity. Um, because that's at stake whenever the clones are on screen and has already been emphasized uh, by Yoda telling them that they're all unique in the Force, by Plo Koon telling them that they are not expendable, mm -hmm. uh, by us, you know, meeting them in earlier episodes and realizing that they are unique and that there's a reason that they have different names because those names are who they are because yeah. even though they are clones, they are already naturally different, uh, flowing in organic, not rigid, all those things. Mm -hmm. So that's always at stake with the clones. And what was really interesting in this episode to me is that that gets reinforced in the specific idea of kind of their identity emerging from why they choose to fight. That, mm -hmm. yep, they're sort of born into being soldiers, born into being defenders of the Republic. Mm -hmm. uh, but that gets underlined by Sarge saying, you know, uh, that they were born on our home world of Camino. Yeah. And suddenly that makes it an identity that I think a lot of us can relate to of that identity of where are you from? You know, mm -hmm. where you're from is a part of who you are. And Camino is not where they were grown or launched from, right? It's their yeah. home. It's where their other brothers live. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know, Camino as a sense, as a place of identity uh, was really powerful to me. And then this idea of they are shinies mm -hmm. and they want to become not shinies. And the episode mm -hmm. ends, uh, you know, with uh, Fison Echo becoming a part of the 501st. Mm -hmm. All that sort of boiled up to me in being a great picture of as characters, what are these specific clones fighting for? They're not just fighting for the Republic. They are fighting to uh, protect their home planet, their place that gives them identity. They are fighting to defend their brothers. And on like a personal level, they are fighting to become the best versions of themselves. They mm. realize they are shinies now and they want to be something more. Mm. And I just really love all of that because it makes it not just like we were uh, born, you know, programmed to defend the Republic. So we're doing it. Mm -hmm. But it ha they have all these personal reasons that are meaningful to them as a group and as individuals uh, that propel them forward in the war. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You get the force center. Well said, but, uh, <laughs> um, and, and I, I love that this, this episode, that moment with that Sergeant said, everything can just go back and add a little more power to attack of the clones. Uh, yeah. A, a movie, you know, Ranked lower, maligned, all those things, you know, it's things that I've even been, been a part of, but just to make you go back and watch even what you're seeing there with a little more depth. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other idea that I really liked that I think is kind of the the tool by which experience is discussed up to a point is this 
great back and forth between regulations versus creativity. And yes, like, yes. if you had a scoreboard, <laughs> they would both get some marks, right? Because it's not this, it, the lesson of this episode is about experience. And mm-hmm. to your point, I think, you know, characters are learning the experience of, oh, sometimes regulations are great. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes following the rules is really awesome. And then other times they're learning, oh, sometimes you got to bend the rules or think outside of the box or do unexpected things. Um, and it's not an episode that's really like, you know, the flowing in the organic is so much better than the mechanical and rigid of regulations. It's like everybody gets to be right. Uh, one of my very favorite lines, Echo says, uh, yeah, the giant eels. That's why we have the regulation to not go outside. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, Rex comes in with all of this uh, creative thinking. Uh, Heavy is not really at the beginning, not taking the basic regulations seriously. He, he's mm. not thinking what's the point of just staring out at this video where there's not going to ever be anything different. Right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we get that there's a great back and forth between Anakin versus Obi-Wan about Obi-Wan really being a, a little, he certainly does have moments of creativity and thinking outside the box. Yeah. But in his relationship with Anakin, I think, you know, when Obi-Wan goes off by himself and is left alone, he does weird creative out of the box things. But mm-hmm. I think he's so concerned about Anakin and being a mentor whenever Obi-Wan defines himself in contrast to Anakin. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is suddenly all, all about the, the rules and the regulations because he's worried about Anakin, you know, uh, flying off the hook. Yeah. And I like, I love that they have that back and forth, not only about themselves in the way that they're searching for Grievous, but then they extend that out to uh, the clones that they spend time with. We get that mm-hmm. moment where Obi-Wan says, that Cody, he's a good man. You know, he follows <laughs> rules and regulations. And, uh, and like, yeah, and, and Anakin basically you know, thinking how great uh, Rex, Rex is. is and yeah. They even have that great back and forth <laughs> where, you know, Obi-Wan is so, you know, determined that like, well, if there's a problem, they would call in because they follow the uh, rules. Uh, and Anakin says, well, maybe, maybe uh, Cody is just boring Rex with rules and regulations. So like, uh, it's not a like uh, hard to find sub theme. Yep. It is so yep. elevated to, there are moments where regulations are absolutely what need to be followed and yeah. that the experience of knowing what the rules are is powerful. And then there's most moments where the experience of knowing you have to think outside the box are valuable. Yeah. Look, I, again, we're going to talk about that scene with Anakin Obi-Wan again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it is built into the character of Echo who has it because he echoes the rules or echoes the regulations. That's what we see in the Clone Cadet episode. Like, I think it's great. Uh, yeah, and 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 it's. Uh, I think this is an episode that does preach the balance of those things. Uh, you know, you and I have some pretty solid formats of our shows. We got to be organic enough to flow if we if we need it, uh, or be aware of it. How many? That's why we make these jokes of. Oh, I know we're going to talk about it later. Um, it's because we know what's coming, but we know when it pops up and we want to talk about it within the show. Uh, you know, I have personal experiences of being a, a disaster preparedness instructor and trainer on a, on, a, on a big scale. And going, there's here's a 200 page manual of what you're going to do in an earthquake or an active shooter situation. Everything. Guess what? You're going to need to remember two sentences in here, because that's all your brain's going to take that until you get the experience <laughs> or to live it. You know. So yeah, I, I I'm glad you brought that up because it it comes up constantly, and it's in this particular episode, and it's great, valuable. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about how these uh, themes of this individual episode reflect uh, any larger storytelling, morality, perspective of Star Wars. What jumped out at you as kind of uh, being big Star Wars themes being supported or, or discussed in this episode? Um, there was uh, some a moment. There's a couple moments. Gosh, I didn't. I had a weird situation where my Google Drive didn't 
capture the notes on my phone and put it on my computer, so I've had to reconstruct them. I apologize. There was a quote of one of the commando droids kind of like, hey, four clones escaped. Eh, whatever. They're not valuable. <laughs> uh, Grievous echoes some of that, too. And to me, just this, uh, a lot in the Clone Wars, but the bigger idea in, in, in Star Wars of, you and I talked on the Star Wars ranked of Leia recognizing Wicked as an ally, where the Empire would just see them as teddy bears to dominate, right? Like, um, I think that's one of the bigger things, too. If you hear you see the Separatists, particularly that Clone Commander, Commando, particularly Grievous, not, not obviously they're fighting them. So, uh, the, you know, it's a different perspective, but just like they don't even value the clones at all to see them as threats. They are just names or they're just numbers and, and laser blaster uh, target targets. You know what I mean? Like they don't value. So therefore, because they don't value them, they are then defeated by the actual beings who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got that great classic uh, underdog theme of like, well, what could four clones mm-hmm. possibly, how could they possibly stop us with all of our yeah. awesome might and all of our overwhelming numbers, you know, mm-hmm. you know and that's where this balance of regulations and creativity, like, well, <laughs> yeah, through a mix of regulations and creativity. Right. Yeah. They yeah. can uh, defeat you and, and you see them as so, so much less than you because it's just four basic clones. Right. It's not a Jedi or anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We saw, we saw that in the ambush episode a lot. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, there's a lot of that there, but it's, 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 uh, a theme, a th- it's a feeling too that you know. In Rogue One, make ten men feel like ten thousand or whatever. You know, like it's part of the Rebel Alliance. It's part of uh, that kind of side uh, fighting in Star Wars. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Um, for myself, uh, we've been talking a lot about the do or do not quote from Yoda. And what exactly does it mean? Is that really have, advice yeah. for a specific moment? Is that a, advice for always? And damn, if good old Rex didn't, <laughs> in my mind, just paraphrase do or do not, there is no try. Totally. He has that great line of, we have to retake the base, so we will retake the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And... For me, that was just a, a, that was like one of his moments where he wasn't like just giving an order. That was one of the concrete moments to me where I feel like he was teaching. Totally. Where he was saying, regulations are great, but we know we want to get between point A and point B. So our goal now is to be open to all sorts of ideas Mm. of how we're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to believe in ourselves that we can do that. Mm. Because starting out with the belief that we might not be able to is going to undermine us. But more than anything, it's just, it's a puzzle. And, mm. and we have to solve that puzzle. And I, I really like that sort mm. of perspective on the do or do not. There is no try. I, I love that we keep coming back to it. Uh, I think it was a question on the main show that kind of popped up recently. I think I believe it was our, our, our pal Alden Diaz asking the question about that quote and how it can change and evolve. And, and it can be easily misinterpreted. And, and it's also pretty direct and simple at the same time. Uh, yeah, there's something I just did. A, I just did an episode on, on my Napster Files podcast this week with a friend and um, actor Scott Antonucci, and we were talking about doubt and career doubt and everything. And, and, and we we both kind of stumbled onto this catchphrase of turning the volume down on doubt. And I look at that Yoda quote too of of uh, failure is or, or not succeeding is is definitely an option in retaking this base, right? <laughs> in in this scenario. That's very happy, but 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 it seems like Rex to me is just like turn down that volume, commit to what we got to do. Uh, it still might not happen. It still might be something we have to deal with. There might be a next chance we have to take, a next chance we have to take. But but going into it, uh, do or do not is 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 that that's more in line with that do or do not to me. Just yeah yeah and, and yeah. So I like that it's not just like uh, 
pretend it isn't a problem. It's a big problem, but we just, yeah. we have to find a way. And then I think it's also kind of a, a commentary on that regulation uh, versus creativity uh, balance mm-hmm. of like, yeah, there isn't, um, this isn't in the handbook. There isn't the, you know, hey, have you been invaded by commando droids <laughs> and they've hardwired right. the all clear sign? Then in that case, hit the blue button, right? Yeah. So we see Rex display all this creativity of, you know, sticking the droid's head in the camera and, you yes. know, pretending to be a droid um, and mm. coming up with the, you know, totally out of the box, like, well, uh, we'll blow up the base then. Yeah. Uh, but then that is supported by uh, Echo's knowledge of the regulations mm-hmm. that he knows about the liquid Tabana. So I love that moment for Echo of like, yeah, no, I did the homework and I know something about this base that other people are forgetting because I care about these what appear to be mundane uh, details. And I can turn that knowledge of the mundane into something uh, literally explosive Yeah, (laughs) because uh, we have to retake the base. So we will retake the base. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the balance, uh, uh, you know, being prepared on both both directions. You got to know where those corridors are, but you got to be free to run around uh, different corridors, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other big sort of a thematic uh, larger Star Wars storytelling ideas that jumped out to you? No, just I, I think I touched upon a little bit of, of the, you know, you're important when you, even when you feel you're not. I, th- I think that that is a big, big theme in Star Wars uh, and finding the value in yourself and those around you uh, when when often others don't. I think that's a, a one of many big lessons in Star Wars and I love seeing yeah. it here. Yeah. And it is very literal. They, they mm-hmm. we learned that they are putting up all these different uh listening stations, these outposts. They, this is literally a, a link in the chain, right? And yeah. every link is important. Yeah, those beacons of Gondor. <laughs> those beacons of Gondor. Uh the last kind of larger theme that I wanted to highlight for myself is that Star Wars in general has an idea towards, you know, its balance of how you win wars, how you fight wars. I really like that a lot of these stories in the Clone Wars, when we're getting down to the action, it's so often about defense. And again, this is an episode that's all about defense. This is a station that is there to defend against the possibility of in invasion. Uh, the kind of ultimate emotional motivating factor for these clones is, hey, if they break through... Uh, they will destroy our home planet. They will kill our brothers. It's all so much from the perspective of defense mm-hmm. of, you know, there's an aggressor and we're going to stand up and say no to the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And I like that. This is uh, continuing to be a theme in the Clone Wars animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we are going to not defend from a break. We are going <laughs> to accept it organically. We're going to let it wash over us and we're going to enjoy it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to dig into all of the great details of comedy, action, canon, all that kind of great stuff. And some things that are maybe <laughs> challenged us. Is, is Ken going to say something about Obi-Wan that's going to upset me? Find out after the break. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138.
Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. And we are back to discuss all the action, the comedy, the fun moments. Did Obi-Wan make a mistake? Is that even possible? Yes, <laughs> of course it is. It's a part of his character. He's very flawed, and I love him anyway. The point is, we're back. We are back. Uh, and uh, let's talk about action moments. Uh, did you have some favorite action moments in a pretty action-packed episode of The Clone Wars? Yeah, no, actually, that's the first one I wanted to make. There was a, there was a, a lot to choose from, um, so I focused on a couple little ones. One... I'm trying to reconcile what I where where my heart is on this one, Joseph, because it's just kind of cool violence, <laughs> <laughs> and it reminds me a little of uh, of, of uh, one of my I, 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 one of my favorite moments in Young Young Guns, a movie built on violence as well. Uh, I love uh, I love when when Rex shoots the commando droid in disguise right in the head <laughs> on a hunch, on a whim, on experience. That could have gone bad. I do love even the reaction. What, what, what do you do? Um, there is. Uh, there was a moment in Young Guns where Billy the Kid uh, s- uh, snuffs out uh, the traitor that is uh, the the spy that is Dirty, uh, uh, not Dirty Steve, um, the other character, and he, and, he, uh, and, he, and he shoots him in the head, and it's very violent, and, and I'm not glorifying it, but it's just like, this reminded me of that moment. I was like, that's cool. Rex knew. <laughs> he did the right thing. So I don't know. It's a weird answer, Joseph, but um, I liked it. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I across all the action, I really liked Rex one shot, and no, that yeah. was really powerful because I think this episode was re- dancing right on the edge of you know, it's having fun with the Roger Roger, is having fun with uh, the Commando Droid pretending to be a clone, uh, yeah. but when when the the Droid signed off with Roger Roger, and you know Rex and Cody weren't immediately on top yeah. of it, it danced right on the edge of uh, making our you know intelligent, experienced, uh, accomplished clones feel like uh, dum dums, dum dums, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, for me, that felt like course correction yeah. and was just like a super cool move of just like the, it, another moment that it underlines the confidence of experience of like, yeah, it's, I'm not 50, 50. I, I got this, you know, this evidence and this feeling in my gut and I'm 100% sure I'm this sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, I, I really like that. Um, yeah. um, yes. My favorite action moment, and, and I got a couple, but my favorite was Rex's other one-shot moment where he just casually <laughs> shoots the uh, giant eel in the eye. You're right. Uh, which is like, it's just cool, right, mm-hmm. that he's got great aim. He's got these two double blasters, but he only needs one this time. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it, it's another moment of like it, triumphing, uh, uh, underlining, celebrating experience of like, the other clones are like, a giant eel, what the hell do we do? And, he, and Rex is like, I've been in wars. I've played video games. You shoot it in the eye. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Right? I, I yeah, I had forgotten that moment. Uh, when, the, so when the eel comes back, I was like, what did they do to, t- oh, that's right. He's, it, he shot in the eye. All right. And it's good. I love it. I love it. Good moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great action moment. Just uh, cool. Unfortunate with the eel, but it is definitely yeah. a 
uh, kill or be killed moment there because that eel. It's it's the mudhorn. Swallowed, yeah, cut up. The mudhorn and Mandalorian too. I I have um, a lot of sympathy for the mudhorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, other uh, action moments that spoke mm-hmm. to you. I liked heavy being a heavy just before his big sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, what what about it spoke to you? Um, and I guess I should say I included the, the the big sacrifice in that. What what a powerful kind of uh, war the horrors of war moment. A hero being a hero, but uh, you know, uh, just simply going to Battlefront Two. That's my uh, class of trooper I play more than any other level. It's leveled up super high. The other ones not so much. Um, just bringing out the uh, if he had the uh, barrage grenades, it would have been even better for me. But just boom uh, boom boom. boom. Boom, it's great. Uh, random grenade tosses are my favorite thing. Uh, so I just like it. It was just one of those pew, pew, pew of it all moments. You could see it, and then it's immediately followed up with like, oh, gut punch. But uh, I like that moment too. Yeah, that was uh, also on my list. I love that because it is just like the video game of it all. I love that Heavy likes the heavy gun. It, it's so fun to watch an episode of Star Wars television show and be like, I've done that. But the thing I really liked about it is it, it matches the video game of that blaster is that heavy cannon going in full cannon mode like heavy's using it is absolutely great if you have support from other clones. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you're just a sitting target and you get sniped real quick if you just walk out into <laughs> a clear hallway and just like, oh, there are a bunch of people walking towards me. You mow some of them down, but you're also making yourself super, super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I like that's kind of what's happening mm-hmm. in this scene of like, yeah, he can mow down. Uh, it, it's real effective at the door when he has support. Uh, right. But when he's just alone in a hallway, it's kind of cool. You know, and it ties into that quote of, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, big gun doesn't make a big man. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. gun doesn't make a big man mm-hmm. uh, and all sorts of ideas. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about heavy sacrifice, but but uh, yep. for now we'll appreciate the action moment mm-hmm. and the function that I think should be on every video game heavy gets to do. <laughs> Gun's not uh, useful anymore to fire projectiles. Throw- I'll throw it at people. <laughs> that would save me a lot on Battlefront too, because I need to learn. The, I need to learn the lesson you've just talked about. I am often like, "Here we go, dead." So, <laughs> yes, I, I want to throw the gun too. Yeah, always love it when the hero actually just throws the gun as its own projectile <laughs> weapon. Uh, last action moment for me is, you know, this was our uh, introduction to the commando droids. Um, so cool. And I love that we got to see their signature creepy flip uh, when mm. uh, Rex and Cody blast one good and then it just flips back up in that mm. weird, creepy way. Yeah, good, good moment. Yeah, creepy commando flip. Mm-hmm. I'm always about a creepy commando flip. Yeah. Uh, any other action moments for you? I mean, there was there, there was certainly a lot. So um, I, I did something about it. I did like the um, Republic fleet come out. And I like that Grievous was like, we're outgunned. And then and I'm like, really? Because I'm like Battle of Coruscant. But no, look at that. You guys are. And I, I like that moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I did like that. That was the resolution. And he just left. That's it. Yeah. They defended Camino yep. this time. Uh, did you have a favorite moment of comedy or whimsy or weirdness? Yeah, uh, you. I think yeah, you mentioned. Uh, I did enjoy the beefier, <laughs> Roger Roger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as someone the low voiced Roger Roger. I, I felt this moment. I, I kind of remember watching it when it was happening, and felt it was speaking to me, someone who did not like the, the Roger Roger. The very first second I heard it in Phantom Menace, it was the first. I was like, wait, what? Um, but became you know shared inside jokes that I'd use on my old radio at work and everything. But so I, I felt this moment was like. 
It's okay if they say Roger, Roger. It can be said like this too. Uh, so I, I like that a lot. Uh, I did love the line. It so it's it's so into your theme. You talked about it earlier about the Jedi not being there, the clones on their own, which is we could use a Jedi about now. Like, yeah, you could. Well, couldn't we all? But you can't. <laughs> uh, and then the final thing, I'm sure it's probably on your list too because it's such a fun moment. It's and and you and I just did the big fantasy versus you know romance versus realism and realistic stuff in Star Wars. The Republic Army Radio, the Grand Army of the Republic <laughs> Radio Station, sent it out to the boys on Mimban. I, I, yeah, that was great. Yeah, the Mud Jumpers on yeah. Mimban. Yeah, that's really, really great. Uh, and it, it just has this very much like um, uh, pulling from World War II that there's a lot of that vibe uh, going on in the Clone Wars stories. Uh, in just, yeah, the boredom of, but let's listen to the radio and let's listen to our favorite robot <laughs> announcer. Yeah, it's all great. Um for myself, I already mentioned the line, but I just love it of, uh, yeah, that's why we have the regulation not to go outside. Yeah. Such a great understatement and such a great, like, having fun with Echo's character, but uh, reinforcing that, yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes being a nerd and doing the homework, uh, you'll know that uh, you're going to get eaten by a giant eel if you do the homework. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always a bigger eel. Uh, the, always a bigger eel. Uh, and a bigger eye for Rex to shoot, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of um, just sort of Clone Wars jargon, which I think is great uh, verisimilitude that these clones uh, would come up with their own language. You know, the the term shinies, uh, we get a bunch of stuff like that. But uh, I like that when Rex called their helmets sunbonnets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That, that's a great turn of phrase. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to even think of like a, a real world, uh, yeah. you know, uh, comparison. But why? Yeah. It's so beautiful by it, it well, right. the way it is. Take your sunbonnets off. Um, yeah, the ongoing sort of comedy with the droids, which we've talked about a lot. And I think this starts to get to it. This is that segue to like, yeah, no, in Attack of the Clones, we got the B2 battle droids. Uh, mm -hmm. The droidicas have always been scary. Yeah. Then we get the commando droids and they are really elite and they have more. Uh, they have better armor and uh, they're faster and smarter and they got swords and it's this great, you know, to me, it's this picture of the separatist army is all about means of production and money. And mm -hmm. these are the ones that are going to be more expensive because they're better and they even have deeper voices and they're scarier. And it really turns the battle droids, the basic B1s into like, yeah, sometimes they can swarm and overwhelm you. Right. But they are low cost, cheap. Their only value is really swarming and overwhelming. And I think like some of the comedy beats of this uh, get to that with the these commando droids being able to kind of half ass uh, pretend to be <laughs> a right. clone and even having the deeper voice and being legitimately uh, frightening yeah. uh, is all great contrast to the sort of comedy of the battle droids. Mm -hmm. Scary, yeah. Yeah, and and I liked the through line because we've seen it just in the last episode arc of Malevolence. Uh, there's one moment where the B1 operating Grievous's ship has to report something that's not great and then immediately flinches as though Grievous mm. is going to knock his head off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was able to enjoy that even more because the commando droids uh, put the B1, the poor cannon fodder, cheaply produced, <laughs> not great at their job, B1 battle droids into perspective. Yeah. Yeah, uh, growing past cool. the B ones. Uh, poor B ones. Yep. Poor B ones. So moving on, let's mm. talk any uh, favorite Star Wars canon or lore yeah. or connections to other stories. What kind of uh, 
connections, either big picture stuff or just fun. Like, hey, they mentioned that thing again. Uh, yeah. Spoke to you. I'll start with the, start with the little things here. Uh, Rishi, you know, the Rishi Mays Camino connection. Uh, just he, he, taking you back to the Attack of the Clones is great. You mentioned the uh, Mimbon reference. I got to say, I think I probably. I knew there was a Mimbon reference in Clone Wars uh, with the 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 would you the mud jumpers right? Um, yeah, the mud jumpers on Mimbon. Yeah, so uh, that was in my head. Is but I, I don't think I would have remembered it was this moment with the radio uh, character. So I love that a lot. And then uh, just seeing that trade uh, was it the Trade Federation invasion ship uh, model number escapes me uh, showing up, opening up, and it made me miss talking about Phantom Menace. Made me miss the droid racks. Mm, uh, nice. I understand. We again, as you just said, we've moved past those battle droids, but in story. But it, yeah, I just I love. I think that's. I think that still is one of my favorite little uh, little sounds, images, and, and just little little sequences in Star Wars. So those droids slowly coming out on those droid racks. Oh yeah, I love the droid racks. They're super creepy and such yeah. a great contrast to the you know organic uh, gungans with yeah. their you know plasma shields and on the nice grass. And then here mm. come these <laughs> and, horrible uh, little funny but horrible little machines of death all folded yeah. up in their rack. Yeah, and, and, and I know the, the 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 transports come out of the invasion ship, and I, I, I get the details of that. But just like the whole yeah. sequence just made me think about it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love I love the Rishi thing too. Um, I love just some of the consistency of like, yep, that's technology in uh, Star Wars. I loved the Gatekeeper droid, the TT Dash Eight L slash Y Seven, being present again, yeah. uh, and uh, you can put together a great uh, supercut <laughs> right. of people trying to uh, deceive or deal with those droids. Um, I love Liquid Tabana. You know, that was like you yeah. know going back to being a kid growing up with the original trilogy. Like that was one of Tabana gas was one of those details that I, you know, remember remembering from a very young age. And that's the kind of thing of like, you're on the playground and people are like, ah, Luke Skywalker's awesome. He's got a lightsaber. That's cool. But if you're like, yeah, and then Tabana gas, then suddenly like, that's not cool. That's, that's not, not cool. okay. <laughs> uh, back in the day from my life experiences. So uh, I, I always have a good connection to Tabana and I like uh, not only its presence, but again, how Echo used it. So that one made me really happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you on the playground? Like, if everyone wanted to play pew 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 and lightsaber, and you're like, does anyone want to manage our Tabana gas supplies today? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't quite. I wasn't quite that brave. I knew Tabana was a thing to be kept to myself at all costs. Uh, that's funny. I just it reminds me of a story in kindergarten. Uh, I used to watch Mash. You know, dating us there, and and you know, on the playground, I had some friends. I gather around and like today. And we're not going to play army today. We're going to play mash. And I made my friends wait for the helicopters to deliver the injured. And one by one, my <laughs> friends got bored and just went to other parts of the playground. So I understand. I feel you, Joseph. Uh, yeah. I mean, my thing was I wanted a uh, narrative. I didn't want to just <laughs> pretend that we were hitting each other. I wanted there to be a story. And that was, that was a non-starter. So just <laughs> running around screaming. That's what we got. Love it. <laughs> no narrative, just action. Uh, any other canon lore connections that you enjoyed? In terms of just lore, we did talk about um, Heavy's sacrifice. I, I sacrifice is, is is big in a lot of stories, obviously, but a lot of fantasy myths and all that kind of stuff. I I just think it's, it, it was, I think because I had a reaction, I was like, yeah, he's being a heavy. Oh, I totally forgot he ta- he he sacrifices himself. Uh, you know that goes to Obi Wan, goes to Luke, goes to a lot of characters, uh, and I, I like that kind of connection. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to follow up because I, I, I need to wrestle a little bit with heavy sacrifice. Huh. Um, 
so the, the last thing for me is it's not, you know, a super big thing, but, you know, just uh, the fact that there are giant eels on the Rishi Moon outpost. Uh, mm. We talked a lot about, uh, you know, romance versus realism. And uh, I bang on about, like, I want Star Wars to be weird. I like that reminder. And even in this episode, that's like, th- these are boots on the ground. There are no Jedi. They're creepy, you know, manufactured droids it's a listening outpost you know it's all very technical as far as star wars goes but i always like it when like and then also there are giant eels yeah (laughs) that pop out of catacombs on this weird alien moon and they'll just swallow you armor and everything um i i like that feeling that the that even when we're in the more technical more sci-fi side of star wars that Mm -hmm. literally outside the window is a giant horrible fantasy beast yeah totally yeah, I love that. It, it 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 goes to the center of empire, right? And Exegorth and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into things that we disliked yeah. or questioned. Mm. Uh, let's let's dig into uh, into your your concerns. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, I'll start. Dislike. No, dislike's not not the right word, but. I could again going to the idea of we see why George may have gone back. Now I don't know the details of did were these scripts written and then they said, well, let's air that one now or go back. Or was it like this aired? And then George said, you know, or anyone on the team, Henry Gilroy said, Hey, we should go back and explain these characters more. I, I don't know how that goes. Um, but poor cut up <laughs> is all I'll say. This guy has one of my, uh, you know, favorite little moments in the clone cadets episode, standing up to that bounty hunter, this and then that, that's how that's my name cut up and everything. So that's a great moment. And then, Poof, he's a red shirt. Yeah. And I, it's okay. It's fine. I, you know, someone was like uh, shaking my fist, but just like, oh man, poor cut up. He just, I want to know, know more about cut up. Yeah. And I mean, in since that other episode is, I believe, season three, like, mm-hmm. there's definitely time to go, like, let's introduce these characters. Hey, remember that guy who died immediately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's make people care about him. Yeah. It's good. And, yeah. And, and so it, it makes. Kind of going on what I was talking up 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 top is it it does make for me uh, like uh, Clone Cadets more of a heartwarming, effective episode. It, whatever the intention, whatever the out of the order, however the story, you know, I almost don't care. It's just like how how I'm feeling right now on this journey. It's like all right, that makes me just really appreciate that Clone Cadets episode even more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, so there is a uh, you you questioned uh, the level of pain you had for cut up. <laughs> I did, I did, I did, or disliked it. It took you out of the episode. The yeah. the pause yeah, just, to mourn cut up. Yeah, yeah, just a little, just a little pang. Okay, and uh, and what about uh, the, these rumblings that I'm feeling the disturbance <laughs> in the Obi Wan Force? What's that about? I this isn't a question. It in terms of story that would, that would go against um or, or in terms of the creation i don't i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say i just i i often champion of like hey characters do things there's plot points and story things that are there that are to frustrate you and you you can learn from them there so i want to make sure i practice what i, what I preach here on that that this isn't <laughs> a, a look at the man with the cowboy hat and saying you do wrong i think this there was the particular quote you mentioned it but if something was wrong cody would have contacted us and i'm like Ben, Obi-Wan, buddy, hey, Han, <laughs> Booby. Like, that's your first clue that something's wrong. Like, what are you doing here? And great discussion points earlier. Love to get into it here, but just like, 
I don't know. I don't even. I, it's. I love Obi Wan. I, I consider him the poster child for Jedi per- perfection, which doesn't mean he is perfect, but just means like they're like, hey, be like Obi Wan, right? Um, and it's just like you got. You're sitting there just staring out the window. Get down there. <laughs> they're they're literally saying we could use a Jedi right now. Get down there. You could feel it. Use the Force. Turn off the the. You're the one who tells Luke. Maybe maybe this is why he tells Luke in the X-wing <laughs> cockpit. You know, use the Force, not that thing. That don't don't do like I did over uh, the Rishi Moon there. So <laughs> it just got me thinking about that stuff, which again, which actually means I say I question this moment. This might end up being my favorite moment in the show because it makes me think deeper about the Star Wars characters and moments I love. So that's where I'll start. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think there are going to be moments that come up. I think for me in the Clone Wars, it has some of the just uh, incredibly great rich stuff with Obi-Wan and many other Jedi. But I think there are some moments in the Clone Wars where we get to see the flaw of the Jedi in this era. And it's really frustrating. The flaw mm-hmm. of, well, let's just let the force play out in moments where it feels like they should be a little bit more like Anakin, a little bit more like Ahsoka. And they should... Mm-hmm you know, quickly assess and take action. They shouldn't just trust so much. Um, I think there's like that flaw. Yeah. And then I think with Obi-Wan in particular, uh, like I was saying, I think, you know, left to his own devices, he gets creative and is a problem solver and kind of takes risks and pushes the boundaries of his mandate. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when he's in contrast to Anakin, he's often falls into, well, you know, I'll just follow the rules. I'm not going to question the council. I'm just going to, do uh, what I'm supposed to do. He almost seems in this episode blinded by his faith in Cody that, you know, there's even that line mm-hmm. where he's like, good man, that Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what? They're doing their job. Mm-hmm. I trust Cody. Uh, I, I trust Rex. I particularly trust Cody. And they'll follow the rules and the procedures and let's not, you know, give into our emotions and fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think he does that to a point where it's a, it's a flaw. And, and, you can pull that out of the episode, but I don't think there's anything in the episode that's, you know, uh, making that a larger issue. It just happens. And you can, uh, I think if you're as deep into Star Wars is, uh, as you and I are, as we watch this, you can make it a part of the larger story. Yeah. But just watching this one episode, it, 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 and I think there are other moments like this in Clone Wars, it can be frustrating because it's like, Obi-Wan, come on, buddy. Yeah. Do something. Uh, I get, I see it and enjoy it as a larger part of his character yeah. and a, um, a criticism of him uh, at times, uh, not being as intuitive or flexible or proactive as he maybe should be. Uh, but I kind of I, I like it for those reasons. And I'm also like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and, and I love engaging it on that level. Something we love doing here at Four Center. It's like, again, is it, it, it it's probably just you're putting a script and a story together. And like, you, you know, you can't because, you know, you can't have the Jedi involved because that's the point of your episode or one of the points of the, of, of, of the episode, right? So, well, but here they are doing this. So it's a, maybe, maybe a bit of a writing device. But I love and I love engaging with it as something these characters did. And it frustrates me. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. I think there's also just like this philosophical thing where, you know, we get to see uh, over the whole course of the Clone Wars mm. uh, that Anakin has this, you know, attachment to the clones and they reciprocate because he's, you know, right there in action with them. And it's clear that he cares about them. And obviously we know that Anakin, uh, there's some great things about attachment and there's some dangerous things about attachment. And Obi-Wan pretty consistently, he's caring towards the clones. He obviously, you know, admires uh, Cody. But, you know, as we said before, Obi-Wan can be kind of like 
the company man and he follows the rules. And there is this really consistent through line of, I respect them. They have a job to do and they're doing it. That's the way I conduct myself as a Jedi. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, goes all the way through to that, the great battle of Coruscant where Anakin wants to go back and save the clones. And Obi-Wan is that says, you know, they're doing their job so we can do ours. So I think from Obi-Wan's perspective, it's this compliment and this respect of like, what they're and I think it's what's happening functionally in this episode of uh, Anakin and Obi Wan are supposed to be searching for Grievous mm-hmm. and not rushing off because they think about there's some problem. Yeah. In some ways, I think it's Obi Wan having trust in Cody and saying he's doing his job, so we can keep doing ours of searching for Grievous. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops! <laughs> yeah, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Made a huge mistake. Yeah. No, I, 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 I always defer to you on Obi-Wan lessons there, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. here for all of it there. And I love that you brought up the, the, the battle of Coruscant moment. It does tie to that. It is, it is that emotional canon we love. So yeah, I'm there for that. Yeah, no, please. Uh, I, I okay. highly encourage uh, questioning Obi-Wan because he certainly does make some mistakes. It's part of the reason that I think he's a really interesting character. Yeah. Who would want a Jedi that just nails it? Every time. <laughs> or yeah, any, I guess any, the any galaxy, character. but besides that. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, just in terms of viewer, I, I don't know, sometimes. That's, that's a, yeah. maybe a different podcast, too. Yeah. Uh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for uh, bringing up an Obi-Wan concern so we could spend time on yeah. Obi-Wan, even though he's not in this episode that right? much. I did feel really validated when it became, when the signal disappeared and Anakin was like, we have to go. And Obi-Wan was like, yes. It's like, okay, good. Well, yeah, and look, there, to, and then to his credit. He's got some regulations and beliefs, but when it when it becomes apparent and maybe it's time to act, he will do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, th- this isn't a dislike. This is kind of a questioning, wanting to wrestle with and examine the episode a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about Heavy's death because, like, Heavy has this great through line where, you know, he is eager for action. He wants to be on the front lines. He's, mm-hmm. you know, bored by looking at the same screen where nothing is happening. Uh he gets this uh, cool moment where, you know, he wants the big heavy gun. He's proficient with it. Uh, and he gets chided with a quote of a, a big gun doesn't make a big man. Right. And then he makes that big choice to fight through and to sacrifice himself. Do you think that he had to sacrifice himself? Or do you think that there was another way out? Do you think that he uh, made a mistake by sacrificing himself? I no, my gut instinct is no, but I'm always going to want to, you know, I want to hope they're going to look, look for other ways in, in real life as well. So I hope, but yeah, I, I would side on the side, side on the, in that moment, I don't think he sees any other way and, and he goes with what he feels he, he has to do. Yeah. I think that's the way I felt about it of that. That was uh, part of the point of the arc of like we talked about earlier and you you said really well that, you know, he feels bored and like this is just another, you know, that he made it through uh, being a clone cadet and now he's just stuck on this really boring job and there's a real war out there that he's supposed to be fighting. But now this is the most important war and Mm -hmm. that line of a big gun doesn't make a big man. It seems like he has that epiphany when he throws it away and realizes like, oh, it, it's this kind of act that makes you, you know, really be who you are right. uh, is, you know, choosing what's most important to you. Yeah. 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 Cho- that's, that's, that's big choosing what's, what's imp- most important to you in, in this moment. And uh, it's a gut reaction. It's, it's a, you know, 
I don't know. It's like go go to go to Obi Wan. I remember even as a kid, it's like that, that death affects me as a kid, as it should. That's that's the lesson, right? But like, keep hacking with your blade, man. You know, like, maybe you can get a shot in. And but you know, I know the stormtroopers are coming, and you know that takes some focus. So I, I get it. You know, I get it, especially as you get older. And then you know, the moment itself takes on new meaning when when you dig into the themes. But yeah, no, I, I so I'm with you. Um, not likening your thoughts now to me as a seven year old, but um, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, that's again, that's why it's to me connected to that bigger thing. And the cost yeah. of it. And the cost of it. And maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he didn't. And that's always going to be in the back of uh, fives and Echo's mind. You know, we lost heavy and maybe we didn't have to. It's part of the scars. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, it's interesting. Um, credit where credit is due. I, I read the great uh, recap that uh, Kristen Baver wrote. Um, and her, her recaps are always really great. And she really pulled out uh, the did heavy have to uh, sacrifice himself, which, uh, which mm. I think is a really good thought and a really good question. Uh, and I, there is this energy that they're going to go, that they would want to go back for him. And he's like, no, I got this. So I, I think there's, there's room to look at it from different ways. In some ways it's a, it's a really complete arc of, right. I was bored. I thought I wasn't important. You know, I thought a gun is what made me a, a valuable, uh, mm-hmm. person and, oh no, I see it's all these different things. I see I am important and I see I get to choose how I make my own value. So there's like a very very clear arc but then there is also that moment of like well if if he had run out and rejoined with the other clones would they like they did for the rest of the episode would they have been able to find a uh, creative way to light that uh, liquid tabana on fire or was that truly the only way in that moment mm-hmm. mm. and yeah i don't i don't have a specific answer yeah. and i feel like there's a it's there's great. great ambiguity there yeah and even in this show that is you know literally telling us <laughs> what the moral is at the beginning of yeah. the episode yeah. that there's still room for ambiguity and nuance. Uh, there always is just like a bear fish and eel. <laughs> exactly. Is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, you, 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 no, no, no. It's pretty, pretty much all there, even down to some of the details. Good. Just a really good compact, like you described intimate episode. It's, it's a great little one shot. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, really, really powerful. Got to talk about all, all the great details that we love. So let's move on to, if you could have a figure of any character from this episode, who do you want? I mean, I don't know if this is clear. Um, you know, sometimes I, f- I worry about stepping on your choice here, but I, I do think we need a commando droid in disguise figure, right? <laughs> commando droid with removable yeah, clone helmet? That's Absolutely. A tra- that, that's a tradition in Star Wars figures. So give yeah. it, and, then, and then if you want so extra points of articulation to account for that kind of wobbly in the armor walk he was doing, trying to, <laughs> which was very funny. It's very funny. It, no, it's a, it's a low key comedy scene there, man. It's uh, it wouldn't be rooting for a commando droid, but just kind of like trying to talk like that, not just sound, but talk like them. It's um, it's the difference between like cool, you can do an impression versus like you're a voice actor. <laughs> like it's it's like the droids learning that fast. Yeah, and like how do clone arms go like this? <laughs> this is great. So yeah. I'd love a oh, figure of that. That's a that's great. Inspired by your choice, I would maybe say you know a Rex uh, that has a commando droid puppet head mm. on a stick. There you go. <laughs> that would be fun. But the one I really want is uh, I want Echo that comes with a regulation data pad. Oh, and I want yeah, to be yeah. able to act out Echo sitting there and reading, doing the homework, catching up on the regs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see some regs. Clone regs. <laughs> Who doesn't love action figures with regs? Yeah. Uh, Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been tossing this over in my brain here a couple times. I think it should be... Um, in in the game of talking Star Wars, uh, your experiences is only as good as your last episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's very very good. Uh, we are all uh, experienced at times, and we're all shinies at times. There you go. Every moment of every day, we might suddenly find ourselves still being a shiny. Right, uh, Ken? Where can people find you and all of your great adventures in the world? Yeah. Hey, go to kenapsack.com. To follow me and find things, uh, shows, uh, get the show at the Viper Room if you happen to be listening. Uh, at the day of release on September 5th, 2020, be doing comedy live at the Viper Room. Uh, it's a virtual thing, so you can buy a ticket anywhere in the world. Go to markellislive.net for those. Uh, and since stay tuned for uh, hopefully some more show announcements as well. Nice, nice. You go to the Viper Room from anywhere in the world is a pretty great yeah. deal. Uh, for Force Center, of course, you can find us all the normal places. Just search Force Center on almost all social media and you will find us and anywhere that you get podcasts, like where you probably got the one you're already listening yeah. to. And of course, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can go to Patreon and look for our Force Center page. For myself, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com for my other comedy podcast, Obset- Obsessed, not Upset, I'll start that one soon. <laughs> Obsessed. Uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, comedy albums, comedy book, all sorts of other stuff. That's on josephsgrimshot.com. But for now, I've got to go start my new podcast, Upset. So for myself, for Ken, for poor cut up, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 